there, you're listening to Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. Each week, I present a tiny interruption to share something that I'm digging on. I'm your host, Cole, and you can check out okretro.zone to stay on top of new podcasts, videos, and more. So, here we go! This week, I wanted to jump into some food. I love food. I hope you do too. Within the past, oh, I don't know, six months or so, I had a bit of a spell where I watched a lot and I mean, like, probably many of you would consider an absurd amount of YouTube videos of people going to various convenience stores around the world and eating food. I was interested by, oh dang, that food looks delicious, but I loved seeing the packaging and the organization of the shelves, and it was a nice look into different countries' pantries, right? We all have our favorite road trip snacks or food we eat in a bind or on the move, and it was cool to see what was a grab-and-go dish that wasn't a hot dog that's been rolling around for, I don't know, years? This all sort of lined up with one of my favorite restaurants starting to serve onigiri. You've probably seen it in movies, TV shows, anime for sure. Uh, sometimes they're in video games as health boosts. But anyways, I wanted to talk about the deliciousness and variety of onigiri. Also known as omusubi, Onigiri is a Japanese food made from triangles or cylinders of rice, and often wrapped in dried nori or like seaweed wraps. Uh, though the nori is not a defining factor here, it's just delicious. Uh, the rice is often seasoned, and the onigiri can be filled with uh, even more flavors by adding the fillings. Mmm, fillings. Traditionally, onigiri is filled with like salted salmon, kombu, which is like dried kelp, uh, bonito flakes, pollock roe, and sometimes like Japanese plums for a little bit of the, the sweeter side. Some uh, flavor options that you most certainly can find now is like spicy tuna, mayo and chicken seems to be a very popular one, tempura shrimp, some barbecue beef that tastes similar to like a Korean bulgogi, sweet potato, you name it. Can you put it in a rice ball? You can eat it. But should you? But let's circle back to my YouTube obsession. Lawson's and 7-Eleven are popular Japanese convenience stores, and while I've watched far more than my fair share of convenience store hauls, no judging, my dudes, uh, Sweet of Onigiri were always available, which made it so exciting to find it freshly made in my backyard. In prepping for this podcast, I scoped out the interwebs for articles, videos, recipes, and the Wikipedia on Onigiri pointed me to uh, Murosaki Shikibu, who was a Japanese poet around the 11th century, and she wrote The Tale of Genji, which was written in the Orihon style of poetry, and the story takes place on multiple sheets of paper that are folded back and forth, which is really cool as like an aside. And in a simple uh, diary entry of hers, she writes about people eating rice balls, called tonjiki, and in this context they're actually uh, rectangular rice foods. Which I include this because one, cool, random, thank you Wikipedia, two, sure, people eat rice, and they probably ate it in a multitude of ways, but the Wikipedia thought it was important enough to share that a famous poet talked about rice in this fashion in a diary, so hell yeah for some romanticism in rice balls. Uh, but I also like that it's a reminder that sure, I may be talking about something that might seem a little mundane maybe, but there's always something fantastic in the periphery, and I think that's pretty neat. But back to onigiri proper. During the Edo period, which is the early 1600s to 1868, also known as the Tokugawa period, which came to an end at the start of the Meiji era, um, or restoration or reform. Maybe I should start a history podcast. I don't know. But Roroni Kenshin, anyone? 
Anyways, the Edo period is where we have documentation of simple salted rice balls being used as quick meals. And in the latter half of the Edo period is where we see larger production of dried nori, which is then used to embellish those salted rice balls. And boom, look what we got. Now, let's jump forward about 100 years and boom, we are in the 1980s. Mass production of onigiri is underway. The machines are... Why did I... I wrote poop... pooped out. I'm going to say um, the machines that pop out the onigiri are in a triangle form and they inject the filling in the bottom of the wrap. Um, so when the seaweed is wrapped around it, you, you no longer see the, the little like a jelly filled donut hole in your onigiri. Uh, there are different types of wrappings which seem to correlate with the fillings potentially when it comes to certain manufacturers. And sometimes it's just the one manufacturer just kind of throws it around. It can or cannot be elegant. It's just kind of like, whatevs. But with mass production came soggy seaweed, which honestly really doesn't sound pleasant. But with the power of technology, uh, these onigiri grab-and-go spots where they had the pre-wrapped rice is now separated from the nori. So there's like a, a little a little slip you tear, and when you unwrap the onigiri, it removes the plastic which lines the rice and the nori separately, and you, you it's you kind of like un, un, undress it? Uh, I don't know how best to describe it. You just, you just like tear this one thing and then you pull the sides away from each other and then your nori kind of just drops in on the, on the seaweed. It's, it's magical. Uh, the place I pick up my onigiri has these wrappers and so you can grab and go, which is great for like picnics, which I've done a few times. Uh, you don't have to worry about the soggy nori, uh, seriously. My eyes are always larger than my stomach when it comes to onigiri, so I always end up with extras. But with our protective wrappings, my nori is also safe, so my midnight snack is perfect. But if you already dig onigiri or you're trying it for the first time, I hope you enjoy. There are also vegetarian and vegan varieties as well. I know I mentioned a bunch of like fish options, but don't be scared. It's rice and it's amazing. Well, this podcast has gone some places. I'm going to leave a recipe of onigiri in the podcast description for you to check out, and I'm excited to see where other podcasts about food and enthusiasm lead us in the future. Thank you for listening to Combo Breaker for a one-two punch of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, and if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. And if you want to share something that you're digging on, shoot an email over to weareokretro at gmail.com with Combo Breaker in the subject line. And follow me on the social medias at WeAreOKRetro to see new stuff that's coming out, what I'm up to, and I hope you all have a fantastic week. Until next time.